All right, so we're going to get into this uh, a new teaching, Accountability's Cover. All right, and uh, I know you're trying to figure out how does the artwork line up with the teaching, but it all makes sense here. So that's actually interesting enough. We've been talking about the uh, tabernacle. That actually is a replica of the tabernacle uh, engraved inside or embedded inside of the two tablets, Ten Commandments. All right, so... Uh, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it here in a little bit. It all it all makes sense. All right. So so during this process, we're gonna. Uh, I want you to ask yourself, who are you accountable to? Who are you accountable to? Are we accountable to who or where we say we serve? Are we accountable to who or where we say we serve? Ms. Lamar, I can send it to you. Yeah, I can send you the actual. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the hardest hurdle for anyone mentoring or, or advising us? What's the hardest hurdle for anybody mentoring or advising us? You know, are we, you know, easy you know, to be mentored, like meaning that we follow through all the time. You know, every time somebody give us something, are we um, are we defensive? I'll just rest right there. Are we defensive? Right? Uh, is our first thought excuse? Uh, if we could have everybody follow suit with the other people, that would be great. Pastor. <laughs> All right. I tried to do it before, so I wouldn't have to make the request. I figured everybody else would kind of, you know, pick, pick up on it. All right. All right. So how would you rate your spiritual consistency? How would you rate your spiritual consistency? Now, let's now spiritual consistency. When I say spiritual consistency, we're not talking about I hadn't been consistent. I've been consistent for two weeks, case in point, fast week. I was consistent the whole fast week. And then soon as fast, you know, fast week is supposed to create a momentum. So each fast week, we should go to another level of discipline in our life. On the other side of fast week should be the effect of fast week, not the re relaxing from fast week. Right? All right, so how would you rate your spiritual consistency? You know, now consistency is what you do all the time, not what you did for a, a good chunk, chunk of time. Then you went back into what you were doing before, and then you come back, and you go back, and you come back. That's not consistency, okay? How would you rate your accountability period, right? How would you rate your accountability period? All right, this would be good. What are your accountability hurdles? What are your accountability hurdles? Like what's, what's hindering you from being accountable? Which was bring us to, so what are you missing? What are you missing that's affecting your ability to be accountable? What are you missing? Now I'm going to offer one of the things that we're missing is an authority in our lives, an authority in our lives. Of course, we've been talking about uh, authority in, in the spiritual authority class, all right? See, that's why God has established delegated authority in our lives for us to be accountable. That's why he established delegated authority for us to be accountable. Now, let's go to Hebrews 13. I'm going to ask you to be patient as we walk through this, but this should help us if we, you know, again, stretch ourselves um, to harmonize with what God is trying to afford us here. Now, these are scriptures in the Bible. So, ultimately, the goal is to be, guess what, accountable to the scriptures in the Bible, right? That would be good, right? Right? Because what? Well, we have four sources of, uh, of authority, Right? What is that? Intellect, tradition, and experience, right? Those are 
inadequate sources, right? But there's only one true source of authority, and that's what? The Word of God. Where did I get that from? Which, which, which? Right? Week four, four sources of authority. Good. All right? It's good to go over those things. As Pastor Mel was saying, uh, we were talking about um, Master Life. She said, man, it's, uh, it's wonderful to keep going through these things, but what did you say you have to do them? I said, yeah, you've got to do it in such a way it becomes your default. You have to do it in such a way where it becomes your default. So it's not just something you're talking about. It's something that you're doing. All right, so Hebrews 13 in verse 7. And this is good. It says, it says, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. That word conversation is the manner of living. So in other words, Ray follows me because I impart the word into him. He's following my faith. He's not following my fear. He's not following uh, my philosophies. He's not following my manipulation or control. He's following my faith, which that means in God, right? And he's considering when he's following my conversation, the end of my conversation, what is, what is my manner of living? So if my manner of living is off, if my faith is off, he ain't following, right? That's not the case. This, this, so you, you, you locked in, right? All right. I said that for a reason. All right, so, so uh, verse, uh, I got a wrong verse. Hold on, hold on, give me a second, give me a second. Now, when I say the wrong verse, the people online are going to have the wrong verse here. They're going to have one of the right ones. Uh, verse 17. Same chapter, verse 17. All right, so this, the, that one said, remember them which have rule over you. This says, obey them that, that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as, as they that must give what? Account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. All right, so, so again, I'm obeying them that have rule over me, but the people that have rule over me have to give account. You know, as, as leaders, me and Pastor Mel have to give account. We just can't be saying anything. We can't tell you anything, you know, because if we cost your life, it's going to cost us ours. Right, we talked about that with Moses and Aaron, right? Right, does that make sense? Yeah. All right, and then uh, verse 24. Apologize, people online. I know it says verse 11 up there. That's wrong. It says, salute them or honor all them that have rule over you and all the saints, uh, okay? And all the saints, right? Salute them. Just honor people that are in positions of authority, right? And, and, and the reason why that is important because when you, aren't, when you remember, you obey, and you honor, it keeps you accountable, keeps you accountable. See, living to do your own thing, when we live to do our own thing, it severs us from the body. It disconnects us from the body. You know, if the hand just decides to do its own thing, it's not working with the body. You go to the hospital if your hand is not responding in harmony with your body. If your feet is not responding in harmony with your body. If you start going this way, what they call a drop foot or something, and your foot just not responding, you go into the hospital. Like, you're immediately, like you're not like, oh, it's okay. My hand's doing something totally different than I, than in harmony with the body, but it's okay. It'll just work itself out. Doesn't go that way, does it? Well, same thing in, in, in the body of Christ. Um, well, because the scripture says in John 15, 5, apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing, right? So operating, when we, when we operate on our own or apart from the body, is what uh, is called, we're operating in self-induced spiritual amputation. Self-induced spiritual amputation. Because when, some, when one of your limbs are not functioning properly and it gets to the point where it becomes cancerous or, or it's so diseased, what they do, they remove it so it doesn't what? 
affect the rest of the body. Thank you, Minister Lamar. Right? So same thing. If, 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 if after a while we become diseased, we have to be amputated. Right? Because we can affect the rest of the body or purged. And so what's so interesting is a lot of times we're operating in self-induced spiritual reputation. If you notice when people get clouded in the flesh and in, in, in sin, they go into what? Kind of a, what did somebody say something? Hiding, Hiding okay. <laughs> From the Asheville lady back there, right? Right. I was like, what is <laughs> Did you hear something? Right. All right, but, but you notice they, uh, or people get in the self, right? They get in the self. You can't tell them what to do. They're stubborn. You find a lot of people that we try to minister to that what? They got their own gods. Uh, they got their own interpretation of the Bible. Uh, can't nobody tell them nothing. They don't need to go to church uh, to be around a fellowship, even though the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. What it, what it is is in that point, for me to stay in this stupor, I can't be around accountability because people may ask what? Questions. People may challenge my thoughts. But as long as I'm by myself, I can approve myself. Right? See, when we choose to, uh, okay, now, now the dangerous thing, like, the dangerous thing is if I'm in self and everybody else is in harmony with God, we're divided. One of the things I told my son some years ago, he's about 18. I said, son, there's a vision in this house. I said, so if I have a vision and you have a vision, separate from my vision, that's, that's what's called die. Like dice, that's die vision. The house is divided at that point. I said, in this house, I don't, and, and I, I, said, I said, son, I don't have a choice. I got to do what God says. You can choose. You can do whatever you want. You just can't do whatever you want in this house. Right? I said, when you're on your own, we're going to get along great because you can do whatever you want in your house. But you can't do whatever you want in my house. I said, so, see, because Matthew 3.25, a house divided can't stand. Right? All right, I'm just going to walk us through some foundational stuff here. So when we choose to be independent from God, his authorities, and his people, we sign on to corruption. When we, choose, when we choose to be independent of God, his authorities, and his people, we sign on to corruption. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't forsake that. Don't turn your back on it. Make that high priority because that keeps you in High accountability, which we're going to find out that keeps you covered. All right, let's go to Hosea 4 real quick. Let's try to take my time on the foundation here. Hosea. Well, I can find Hosea. We'd be good. What you say, babe? It's, it's not on page 1298. <laughs> it's on page 1099. <laughs> All right, Hosea 4, uh, verse 6. Well, familiar to, to a lot of us. It says, look here. It says, my people. Now, he didn't say sinners, did he? says, my people are destroyed, or we could say corrupted, for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of, law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Right? So it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And we lose knowledge when we're not in an accountable environment. We're not in an accountable environment. Now, I think this scripture here is special. I'm going to read it out of a, another version here. Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. And verse 18. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. Now, this says, where there is no vision, the people perish. 
Now, the other scripture said they perish for lack of knowledge. It says, where there is no vision, people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Right? Now, the, ampli- the classic amplifier says this. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, redeeming revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. And the, uh, um, was it, the an ESV, something standard version. I don't know what the E stands for. I know it's the ESV. English Standard Version. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) All right. It says, look, where there is no redemptive revelation, look look at this. The people cast off restraints. So what it's saying is if I don't have knowledge, if I don't have vision, vision keeps me in harmony. Right? It says when I don't have those things, uh, there's a tendency to cast off restraint. Because my restraint is playing off of something. And normally it's playing off of the accountability of the vision, the accountability of the knowledge, the accountability of the wisdom, insight, and direction. You notice how kids operate a certain way up to a certain age because they're submitted to the authority. Then they get to the point where they get rebellious. Now they start to cast off restraint. Now where there were limits, I can't do that. My, my mama killed me. Now it's, it's cool. Them people, them people tripping at the house, right? And normally that's when we all get in trouble, right? Remember when we talked about uh, um, uh, a line in the sand? When we go outside the lines, right? When we go outside the lines. The lines uh, protect us, right? Uh, the message says, uh, when it said uh, people cast off restraint, it, it, it said we stumble all over ourselves when we're left to ourselves. We stumble all over ourselves. We're all over the place because we have nothing to be accountable to. And, and, and so, so if you kind of think, think through this whole process, from the beginning, after Adam and Eve, which God gave them something to keep them protected and covered, he gave them an instruction. All they had to do was be obedient. Hey, all this is yours. Just don't touch this. <laughs> That's it. Nothing deep. Just don't touch this. Eve and then Adam followed. They decided not only to touch it but to eat from it. Now that opened the door for the adversary to enter into the earth realm. Now with that, remember that was the tree of what? The knowledge of what? Before they ate of that tree, evil wasn't an option. We know that because when creation was started, God said, and it was good. And it was good. He didn't say it was good and evil. He said it was good and it was good. After they eat of the tree, now evil is an option. It's a consideration, right? So now after that, it said, when we get, we get over to Genesis 6, it says, um, when God destroyed the earth, he says, man was doing evil continually. Just operating evil continually. No restraint, no boundaries, no level of accountability. So the first, the first stage of his uh, progressive revelation to redeem man from what Adam and Eve did was he wiped everybody out, <laughs> right? That was the first stage. He wiped everybody out. But he was setting the stage of accountability forward, right? Then the, and when he gets to the second stage, now he enters accountability. Now we have Exodus 10 and we have the commandments, i.e., you got your commandments. You see that in the background, right? You see the tablets of the commandments. So the, the commandments introduced a level of accountability. If we look here, it says, uh, uh, so Exodus 20, of course, was the Ten Commandments. But Exodus 23, 20 through 22. Exodus 23, 20 through, 20 through 22. It says, uh, behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Uh, beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then will, then will 
then I will be an enemy unto thy enemies and an adversary unto thy adversaries. So now after, you know, this is, this is the whole process of the commandments, even when we get to 23. He's, he broke down the 10, and then he kind of broke down how you should operate. And then he says, listen, you're, you're going to be getting my voice. When you get my voice and my word, all you can do is obey it. And whoever's, whoever's coming at you, it's like they're coming against me. You're covered now. If you obey, if you're accountable to my word, you're covered from that point on. See, because up to that point, before sin, fear wasn't even a consideration. What is there to be afraid of? Reverence was, but not fear like terror. But why would there even be terror? There's no evil. Once you introduce evil, you introduce terror, you introduce fear, you introduce things you have to worry about, right? Exodus 32, 7 through 11. Exodus 32, 7 to 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, Exodus 32, 7 to 11. I could be going kind of fast sometimes. Because, so. like, I got it right here. Y'all got to go look it up. <laughs> All right. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt. Look, have corrupted themselves have corrupted themselves. Anytime you sever yourselves from God, you corrupt themselves. It says, they have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They're not accountable to the things that I've said. It says, they have made them molding calves and have worshipped it. Now, you notice this is Exodus 32. They got the commandments way back in 20. Okay, way back in 20, but there's years involved. I know there's chapters. But you understand? They had already got the commandments. This is after the commandments. Right? He says, they have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed there too. Look, now this is God saying. And this is what they said. These be the gods, O Israel, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. We read that just recently, Right? Now, therefore, let me, let me alone. Now, God said, let me alone before Moses opened his mouth. <laughs> he said, I know how you operate. Let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. He said, I'll just start with you like I started with Noah. And, he, and Moses besought the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why does thy uh, wrath waxed hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand. He kind of broke it down. What well, other people are going to say, well, you couldn't keep your people. So he, interce- he interceded and, you know, God shifted some things, just, ch- just, just uh, took out the fools that uh, started the whole thing, right? All right. So God introduces these laws and people still trip. But keep it, understand these laws was to keep us covered. They was for protection primarily. Prevention was a byproduct of the law, which you can't do. The ultimate purpose of the laws was for protection. You understand, like, before uh, there was a while where there, were, uh, there was no streetlights. There was no streetlights. People just, hey, no, you go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Well, after a while, since sometimes people are thinking at the same time, we both gonna go, there, there, there was something called accidents. So they realized they had to create street lights to what? Prevent accidents. Now, as we, we show up in, in our generation, uh, 21st century or whatever, and we, man, there go another light. I'm trying to get where I'm going. So we think it's for uh, prevention. Prevention is a byproduct of the streetlights. They actually were produced for protection, right? Same thing. These laws were produced for protection to give us something to play off of. They were designed to cover us. Why? Because men's hearts are kind of set to do evil ever since they allowed Satan to have access. Scripture says the sentence against the evil work is not executed speedily. So men set their hearts to do evil because that sentence hasn't happened yet, right? So why, why would we think to do evil just because you wouldn't get the consequence yet? 
there's another option. I can repent. I can feel bad. I can show remorse. Not, I got away with it. You understand what I'm saying? There's just something in that sin nature. Right? So that's why you can't leave man to himself. And so that's why God introduces things in our life so we would be more accountable. Let's go to Proverbs 3. Here's some familiar scripture here, but from another angle, okay? Proverbs 3. Again, we're talking about account cover, and we'll realize we run from accountability, but accountability is, is designed to keep us covered and protect us. And a lot of times, it's protecting us from ourselves. It's protecting us from ourselves, okay? So Proverbs 3, and we're going to go here at... Verse 5, Proverbs 3, 5. All right, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto what? Thine own understanding. In how many ways? All thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. So the second part is our accountability. Accountability. In all our ways, I acknowledge him. He'll direct my path. It says, lean not to your own understanding. Right? Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Own understanding. Own understanding. See, this is the challenge. It's like a lot of times we're not staying accountability to God's direction. We're yielding to our own understanding. Now, the dangerous thing about leaning to your own understanding is what we don't realize. Let's go over here to James. You know, I, th- these guys are kind of, these scriptures are my triplets. So anybody been around here, normally read these guys together because the Lord showed me this a long time ago. So James 1. James 1, uh, we'll start at verse 19. It says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engraft of his word, which is able to save your souls. It says, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. This is the key. Deceiving your own self. It says, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man, but beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now look here. It says we can deceive our own selves. Do you understand that? So if we lean to our own understanding, we could deceive ourselves. You know, anytime we start to question God's word and authority, we're going to end up severing ourselves, and we can deceive ourselves. And then 2 Timothy 2. And we'll start here, verse 24. Well, we'll we'll just start at verse 23. It says, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing they do, they do engender strifes. Foolish and unlearned questions, right? It says in verse 24, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Look, look, in meekness instructing those that what? Oppose themselves. If, if God, peradventure, would give them repentance, to the acknowledging of the truth. Verse 26, look, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So again, when we, when we avoid accountability, we can end up leaning to our own understanding, deceive ourselves, end up opposing ourselves, have to be, uh, recover from ourselves, and we go with Luke uh, 15, 17, like the prodigal son, we have to come to ourselves, right? And see, uh, see, most of us in our life right now are still recovering from either how we responded or how we were affected by something that's taking place in our life. Some of us are stuck in time. Now, when I say stuck in time, I'm not saying we haven't gotten older, we don't have new experiences. 
but we have the residue of what's affecting us, carrying us around, either the guilt of it, either the weight of it, the, you know, somebody betrayed you, so you carry that distrust, look through those lenses for the rest of your life. So now you don't, you, you, you don't move to be accountable and, and, and commit to things because last time you was accountable, the person played you or betrayed you, whatever the case may be, right? And so you're, you're playing off of that experience, but not knowing that that was the purpose of it. The purpose of it was to affect you now. You thought it was to affect you then, but it wasn't supposed to affect you then. It was supposed to affect you now. I remember when we first got together, the previous relationships was trying to steal ours. Like a lot of stuff that we were battling through was what we had went through. But now we're in a new situation and instead of embracing it genuinely for what it, what, what it is, we were kind of making sure it did, what happened to us before it didn't happen to us again. Just one problem. It's a totally different situation. Yeah, I used to tell her, I said, hey, it's Keith. I'm not those guys. Right? And she could have did the same thing. I'm Melanie. I'm not those, those ladies, you young ladies. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like we don't realize uh, how things try to affect our faith forward. Right? So, so what God has done is he's had to send out his laborers. So Christ's laborers, the accountable ones, have been sent out to harmonize us back to our covenant of accountability. Christ's laborers, the accountable ones, have been sent out to harmonize us back to our covenant of accountability. Right? So, so he sent out, uh, the Bible says the, the, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers or the accountable ones are few. The harvest is plenty, but the accountable ones are few. But the, those that are laborers are accountable ones. Those are the people that God has sent out to bring us back in harmony to our accountability or to our covering. You know why? Because of man's tendency for, for wickedness or twistedness. And so, so as we, you know, this is just setting the foundation. But as we go through this process, um, we're going to have to challenge ourselves, you know, you know, how about maintaining accountability until you reach the needed change. Just maintaining your accountability. Um, instead of backing off of conversation when you're uncomfortable at the point of impatience, right? How about maintaining conversation until you reach a mutual understanding? You know, but as soon as you, you know, reach your limit of I'm bothered, we're going to bail out, Right? You know, how about coming out from that caveman or cavewoman mentality? There's only I in this world, and only I can have merit, right? How about returning to accountability's cover? You know, that's, that's, that's why the value of that centurion when he said, I am a man under authority and I have people under me. I say go and they go, come and they come. You know, he says, so speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. What he was saying is, I'm accountable to authority that is over me. I have people that are accountable to the authority that I have. And so when I speak to them because I'm accountable, they respond to me with accountability. He's basically saying, I'm covered and they're covered. Right? See, that's why God's established what we call the fivefold ministry. Let's go here, uh, Ephesians. Let's go here, Ephesians. Now, what we're going to recognize is some people honestly think they're accountable, but really don't have a full understanding of accountability. That means someone can hold you accountable. A lot of us live, uh, we work hard to live a freelance life, you know, where we're not really accountable. So, so in other words, if we don't do it, well, I didn't really commit to it anyway, you know, or I'm doing you a favor. I'm volunteering my services. So you're lucky you got me today. That's not accountability. But I remember as I grew up in church, I served as if I was getting employed as if I was employed. So no matter, I showed up, 
and I, I had another job. Actually, at one time I had two, uh, part-time too, but, but I still showed up as if I was getting paid by the church. You never know. I travel with the pastor sometimes out of town on, on our dime. And, you know, one time they, I told you the story, but they, they, you know, Dr. Dollar was in town and I guess the Holy Spirit hit. It was a week-long meeting. They kept adding days. You know, it's like, oh, well, I, I think the Lord wants us to go another day. Well, back then, you go another day, changing flights cost you. And then back then, if you was out of town, you had to pay roaming charges, you know, for your phones and stuff, you know, like for your minutes, stuff like that. It cost us thousands of dollars, but didn't complain because I, I was accountable. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I was accountable. Like, you can depend on me no matter what. All right, so Ephesians 4, verse 11, it says, uh, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, look, for the, for the perfecting, completing, developing, maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Verse 13, till we all come in what? In the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Right? See, again, God, God established these, uh, these, these authorities for us to be accountable to, but they have to be accountable. That's why God affords uh, the accountable honor for their willingness to sacrifice. You know, when, you, when you're genuine, I know we have a culture where people just uh, give themselves titles. They're not accountable. I'm talking about where you really go through a process uh, to submit to the process, stay accountable to the process to fulfill a particular call. That's why we um, served at the last church for 18 years, you know, because we were accountable. We went through a process, right? Now, that's why the Bible says... Uh, uh, give them double, well, well, I'll read it. First Timothy, let's go here. Because we're, you know, again, I, I haven't forgot, just let you know, you know, we have some, some people we want to, that are, are positioning themselves. Some people need to be a little more accountable, but position themselves for uh, ordination in some capacity, deacons, ministers, or what have you. Um, but it's important that people understand that it's a, it's a responsibility. So when you're casual, um, we we can't we can't and we can't seal that. We can't ordain casual. You can't do that. You know that's how God. That's why God pushed. He pushed James to push the envelope because he kind of he's uh, he's accountable. It says uh, verse seventeen. It says let the elders that rule well. Now, it says that there are elders that don't rule well if it's saying elders can rule well, right? First Timothy. It said, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. That's why when, you know, you have people in this culture now, they're very uh, charismatic. But if you really pay attention, you won't hear a lot of word. And the reason why you won't hear a lot of word because they ain't laboring in the word. They're laboring in entertaining. Right? I didn't say no name, so. I'm just saying there are people that do that. And the way you can gauge is a labor in the word, right? It says the labor in word and doctrine says, for the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn and the labor is worthy of his reward. What it's saying is don't muzzle the person that's giving you the word. You know, people have pushed back. Oh, here we go. Ain't nobody trying to hear all that. They're trying to muzzle the truth, Right? But you, you don't want to muzzle the word that we're supposed to be accountable to. 
that you have to realize these particular people that God has set up in accountability, if you think about the process uh, Moses went through, David went through, Daniel went through, Joseph went through, of course, Jesus went through. Look at the price that they pay. Jesus has all power, but look at what it cost them. It's not just a glorified Jesus has all power. Look at the cost. How many people would have given their life like he did for people that didn't deserve? And, and we're talking somebody sinless, didn't do nothing, but, in, but embraced the level of anguish and pain for us, right? Look at the price that Joseph paid. Right? Daniel, look at what Daniel went through. And, you know, we've been reading through Moses and the different things. He's processed through the Abraham. You know, there's a, there's a price. So, so the double honor is not just because they're more special. No, they're paying a price to be accountable to make sure you get what you need. Right? Uh, Isaiah 6 8. Isaiah 6 8. Right? Accountability's cover. Accountability's cover. So I'm going to read this out of the New Century Version. It says, Then I heard the Lord's voice saying, Whom can I send? Who will go for us? So I said, Here I am, Lord, send me. Do you understand? You start in the process of a price when that happens. So over the years, I've had different uh, people that have a call in their life walk up to me and say, I believe I have a call on my life. And this is what I'll tell them. I said, as soon as you recognize you have a call, your, your process has already started. I said, because you have tangible and intangible preparation. The tangible preparation may be school, maybe uh, the training track. I said, but there's an intangible preparation where you're going through stuff in your everyday life and with your family and different situations like that, that's preparing you too. But you can, you can look at that like, I don't understand why I'm going through that and be so focused on the tangible, you don't realize you're going through intangible preparation also. You see, um, so as soon as we recognize, as soon as we've, see, a lot of times we've already said, send me. Then we're going through a process, but we decide, I don't know if I really want to do this. Oh, no, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't happen that way. The gift and the call of God without repentance. You forgot when you said send me, didn't you? You know, remember, you, you remember the, the early anointed days? <laughs> you forgot all about that, right? You know, going through little testing trials now, you just figure it just goes away, you know. Yeah, you forgot all about that, right? Yeah, well, it's back. All right, so, you know, uh, Ezekiel 20, 22, 30 says, is there one to stand in the gap? Is there one to stand in the gap? So Matthew 10, uh, Matthew 10 verse 8 says, freely it's given to you, so freely you should give, right? So let's, let's go here, Matthew 10. And so we're talking about accountability's cover, and we're talking about accountable ones, and we're talking about people that should be accountable at the same time because it's, it's pretty big. It's like, you know, we're, we're, we run outside of our covering and wonder why there's a craziness happening around us. All right, so Matthew 10, verse 8. Now, this is Jesus. He, you know, he's sending out the 12. He sent them out. Um, told him to preach the kingdom of heaven. Verse 8, it says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Look, freely you have received, freely give. Right? Freely you have received. So, so again, and that's why we're empowering here at this church. Everything that God has imparted into us, we got for free, so we give it out for free. Right? It's not ours, it's God's. It's not our church, it's God's, right? That's why we operate that way. But, you know, we may operate that way, but there's people here that are jockeys. Sometimes they get jockeyed for positions. Sometimes they box people out. Sometimes they only highlight what's wrong with a person so that person can maybe not be allowed to do something so they can. It's not how it works. 
That's why some of us are delaying our process because we can't handle the success, the value, the gifting of others, right? We can't celebrate to elevate. Now, again, it's a responsibility with accountability. It's a responsibility with accountability. I'm going to read this, uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5. 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5. We've read this before, but I'm going to read out a New Century Version. I know I don't normally read out a New Century Version, but I think it will bring it home for us. It says this, uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5. It says, it is actually being said that there is sexual sin among you. It says, and, and it is the kind that does not happen even among the people who do not know God. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wait a minute, you guys are operating in sexual sin that even the people that ain't even in the kingdom don't be operating. <laughs> he, said, he said, a man there has his father's wife and you are proud? You should have been filled with sadness so that the man who did this should be put out of your group. I am not there with you in person, but I am with you in spirit. You should still be accountable. That's what he's saying. And I have already judged the man who did that sin as if I were really there. When you meet together in the name of the Lord Jesus and I meet with you in in spirit and with the power of the Lord of our Lord Jesus, then hand this man over over to Satan. So his sinful self will be destroyed, and his spirit will be saved on the day of the Lord. See, so so what he's saying is, I'm not there, but you still should be accountable to what the word says, and you should hold this person accountable. And if you were smart you would have turned him over. You would have released him to Satan. Satan would have destroyed his flesh, but you might have saved his soul. But you're soothing, you're comforting with who am I to judge him, right? Because you're not really accountable. 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16. 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16. We're almost done. Uh, New century version also. 1 Peter 3, 15, 16, New Century Version. It says, uh, but respect Christ as the Holy Lord in your heart. Always be ready to answer everyone who asks you to explain about the hope you have. But answer in a gentle way and with respect. Keep a clear conscience so that those who speak evil of your good life in Christ will be made ashamed. So in other words, I'm always going to give an account. I'm always going to uh, uh, be accountable to uh, what God says. So even though I'm in situations that people may not know what I represent, I'm going to represent it no matter what. Jariah uh, said something we were talking the other day. He said, uh, you have to care to share. You know, I always use that phrase, do you care to share? He said, you have to care to share. In other words, expose yourself because someone present um, can help you through. So what he was saying is if I share what I'm going through, there might be somebody there that can help me through. So I have to be accountable. I have to care enough to share it, right? It's the same with gifting and purpose. I have to care enough to share from my gifted and purpose. You know, if the Lord gives me a word or something like that, I have to care enough to share. Now, as we talk through this, if we talk through this again next week, um, the whole thing about accountability's cover is because we, as, a, as a, a fleshly nature, have a tendency to go outside the rails, think about like, some of us like this even during fast week, but you know how the atmosphere is so, so rich during fast week because we're playing off of what? For the most part, most of us are fasting. I'm not stupid. I know a lot of us are not fasting, right? But we're playing off what? Like, so what? We're shutting some things out. Now, the interesting thing is some of us are shutting out more than normal because other people around us, what? Are shutting things out. 
Even when you hear, you know, you see somebody carrying a smoothie or somebody, uh, nah, I, I, I'm not going to watch that, you know. You know, nah, I can't, you know. You know, I was telling somebody, I don't know what's going on with the game because I wasn't watching the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because what? I'm fasting. You know, so uh, Gerard said this. Um, he said this was the first fast week he, he did the whole thing, like did the whole thing. Well, why, why did he even consider it? Because people around him was doing it. And he saw the results, right? So you see, so, but suppose everybody's casual. Eh, it's only fast week. It's only the word. It's only church. It's only the Bible. Eh, Bible study fellowship. They ain't talking about nothing. Well, why are there more people calling in the Bible study fellowship? Because we're talking about it. Why are there more people coming to Bible school? Because we're talking about it. Some people, when you finally get there, wish you'd been there the whole time. <laughs> right? Why? Because there are people accountable to it. And so what God did was he saw how man was operating. He says, I can't leave them to themselves. I got to keep them in the atmosphere of accountability. And the thing is, you'll find that what's messing your life up is you're not accountable. You're not reliable. See, that's, that's the thing. The thing is, when I, I was going to church, the, uh, the last church, and in going to the last church, I, uh, what I did was I loved the word. So at first, I couldn't deal with the praise and worship because I was used to secular music. Um, but then I, I got that down. But I'm going to tell you, the word, I'm there. And the other thing I did because I had a weird schedule, if there was a guest in town, I was always there. Because like, I was like, when's the chance I'm, I'm even going to hear from this guy? So I never missed a guest. I changed my schedule for that. Uh, then... Uh, somebody came to me because I was on the basketball team. You know, I just, so, so as far as I'm concerned, that's my, that's my host ministry. I'm on the basketball team. I'm helping with the basketball team. And a guy came to me that was on the basketball, he was coaching. It's kind of like a pseudo coach, but he was coaching. He says, uh, Keith, you antisocial. He's joking. So I laughed with him and went about, and me and my wife kept on walking. Holy Spirit said, you laughing? But it's true. He says, I, the Holy Spirit said right there, I need you to commit to something at the church. So this is what I did. If the Holy Spirit told me to commit, it got to be something where somebody can hold me accountable. So they had youth ministry. They had a youth minister already. So I was like, well, I already work with youth and corrections. I'm in control. I need to pick something. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, so somebody got to tell me what to do. So I, so, now, so I joined security and maintenance because I didn't know nothing about it. So I said, well, now I got to submit. They got to tell me what to do because every aspect of my life, basketball, work, I was a leader. I was a manager. I was, I was running things. I wanted to be a part of something where somebody can hold me accountable. Now, as God would have it, I probably thought I picked it, but God picked it because Security helped me to eventually become an armor bearer, and the armor bearer was the key to me growing in ministry because I'm out around all these men of God that was coming in out of town. You know, whether it was the, the Creflo Dollars, the Kenneth Copelands, the Ivy Hill, just all these people, you know. So, matter of fact, when I had to let it go, I really didn't want to let it go, you know, because I like being around the men of God, but God was promoting me to another level, right? So then when I did that, now... Uh, wanted to participate in helps, you got uh, at least shirt, slacks, you know, we just can't come any old kind of way. And so, uh, but I used to wear sweats. Or I never shaved during the week, and I wore sweats. And, you know, I was just coming out of Jersey, so I wore my sweats with one pants leg up. 
you know what I'm saying? So, so which used to bother her, you know. The way she dressed now is the way she dressed then. She was, imagine she's polished, I'm sweats, I'm grunge. Now, now I, wore, I wore a suit on Sunday, and I always shaved on Sunday. And so, you know, the first day, the young lady was like, oh, you look nice today. I don't look nice any other day. Oh, just because I changed clothes, you know, I was all defensive. Um, but now I'm accountable. I have to be somewhere. Somebody's relying on me, you know, and I had to develop a level of consistency. Well, now that I have to be there all the time, I'm exposed to things that I was missing. And I had a friend one time, he said, oh, you missed the service. And we used to give out tapes. He said, the tape ain't going to do you justice. And I was like, okay, I got you, I got you. So I'm sitting in service. The anointing hits. The whole building seemed like it was moving. I said, and he wasn't there. I said, oh, he can get the tape. It ain't going to do him no justice. And as soon as I said that, I said, oh, that's what he was trying to tell me. Because there was things happening in there that you weren't going to get on the tape. Like you would have no idea. You know, I heard my wife telling the story the other day when I, uh, I sold into her. Uh, and then floods of people came, just buckets of money they was giving to her. But not, it wasn't that. That day was probably the most anointed days in the church. Matter of fact, I was an armor bearer. I was in the hallway waiting on the pastor that it was late. And I was like, I probably shouldn't have been thinking this. But I was like, I hope he hurry up because I could hear. It felt like the building was moving. And I was like, man, I'm out here in the hallway. The anointing's kicking in, and he late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, I was like, I'm looking out the window, you know, like, like, come on, pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like, and man, when I went in that sanctuary, like, I could barely stand up. It was, it was, and it felt like the whole building was moving. Like, it, it, I just never experienced something like that. And then the Holy Spirit hit me and said, Take all the money out of your pocket and give it to your wife. She's in a choir loft. I gave it to her. Uh, she breaks down and starts crying. Now she's crying all the time. And, so, and, uh, and people just start coming up in droves, sewing into her. Then some of them on the way back were sewing into me. Now, this is the interesting thing that day. That day, I came to church, I think, with about $35. While I'm in the back hallway, itching to get into the service, Somebody came around because uh, you, you had to go, you know how you, sometimes you have to go around to come, but we had it downstairs. So somebody went downstairs, came around, came up the back stairs, and I was like, can I help you? He's like, man, I've been looking for you. And the Lord told me to give you this money. So he gave me money. He might have given me another $25. So I have $60. So I came to church for $35. So I have $60. So... I go out, the Lord told me to give all my money to my, my wife. So now I have no money. People start coming and just giving money to her. On the way back, they was giving me money. I left with $200. <laughs> you do the math yourself. It just kind of works out that way. Yeah, I had $35, ended up with 60 ended up with no money, leave with 200 And the most anointed service I ever saw. But it all started when I was accountable. And when I say accountable, you know, I was an armor bearer. We don't do it here. We don't have too many counseling sessions after service. But the pastor always had counseling sessions after service. So I was there until the last counseling session. Be two in the morning. You know, not complaining. I, I, I'm there. You don't have to worry about it. And a lot of times, most of the time, my wife was there. She wasn't complaining. She wasn't even serving. She'd be sitting in the sanctuary waiting on me. You know, but there was a level of accountability. You know, you can, you can rely on me. And we don't realize it's a protection, it's a covering when we're accountable. You know, when we're freelance, we just, see, and I get it, you know, when you, you grow up, you know, I grew up with a lot of restraint. I was with foster parents. I couldn't do nothing. That's why when I went to college, I didn't clean my room. I couldn't take it after a while. I had to clean my room, but... Just because I couldn't. I didn't go to church just because I had to. You know, I was, it was like, I could do what I want to do. Realizing you really can't do what you want to do, you know. But you know how it is. You get to school, you be like, 
I'm, I'm making a choice. So you, you work hard to, I think, get to a place where you're like, well, I can just do what I want to do. But the thing is, Paul says, realizing that my, I can't use my liberty as an occasion to the flesh. So the thing is, when you're free, you're, you're, you're trusted when you're free. You're trusted to still operate as if you're under supervision. But we think our freedom means we can just do whatever. No, your freedom is you're mature enough to know how to stay within the boundaries, be accountable like what what, uh, Paul was saying. I'm not there, but I'm there in spirit. So you're still operating in the level of accountability. I mean... As, a, as senior pastors, basically, besides God, we don't have a physical supervisor. But you wouldn't know that because of how we operate in our diligence and our consistency and our schedule and our accountability. Like we have one day a week off. That's our choice day, which I don't know why we keep naming it choice day because choice means we can work or we can relax. We, we end up doing a lot of work. But would some of us be as accountable without supervision? You see what I'm saying? There's a level of consistency. Ain't nobody making me get up in the morning and get on my face. Nobody's making me pray for y'all. Nobody's making me be diligent in this work. I mean, I just show up and give you anything. But I, I didn't just study this out today. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody's, uh, this, I mean, obviously God. But you, you understand what I mean there? There's an accountability. And God's trying to move these leaders at this church to platforms of gifting and calling. We're skipping the major part of the test, accountability. Why would somebody give you authority when you're not faithful in the least? I'm not saying, I'm saying that's a general statement. I'm not, obviously there's people here, there's a tremendous amount of people that's faithful. I'm just saying people that aren't. You know, when, do you understand there's people, good people, good people, great people, that, that not married, Still having sex? There's no accountability there. I'm I'm not saying to put nobody down. I just know, you know. I I know, you know. No more people realize, because you know, a person could be having sex with somebody, and they could like still present themselves like it's all good. Right, but. The other person could be in guilt and come and tell me. So they don't realize they think it's hidden, (laughs) but the other person couldn't take it. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's still people doing stuff and and will fight. I don't understand why I'm not in that position. Because you can't be held accountable. You don't live an accountable life. So if you're not under accountability's cover, if you're totally exposed to the enemy and his attacks, we put somebody under you, they're going to be exposed to what you expose yourself to. I shared this to a former leader that I love dearly, but I said, listen, I can't, I can't, I can't stay connected with what you're doing because what I expose myself to, I expose the church to. I'm too accountable for that. It's not easy leading people. We may not buck because, you know, people want us to compromise and we may toe the line, but we toe the line because we're accountable to God. We're not accountable to population. We're not accountable to, to people 
from the standpoint of authority, we're accountable to God. We're accountable to serve people, definitely. You understand what I mean? So while you're, while you're don't just sit around waiting. Be, live in accountability because that's what is going to, it has to be your default to be a leadership. It has to be your default. But when you can just blow stuff off, when, you can, when you're not mindful of people or mindful of stuff, you're, 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 you don't understand. You're telling God something. You understand what I mean? And, and, and I'm not mad at nobody I'm, uh, because I'm offering, I'm being obedient to offer the other pieces. Right? When you can't do something, ask for help. But don't pretend because we see it already. And now you're being unfairly assessed all because it's something that you're not capable of doing and you won't ask, you're not accountable enough to ask for help. So it looks like you're, you're, you're uh, negligent when you could be incompetent. And incompetency is something that we all grow through. There's stuff that we're just not competent of. We, wasn't, we haven't been exposed, we haven't been taught. You know what I'm saying? Well, if we keep fronting like it's all good, like you won't get the help you need, as Gerard was sharing. And lives are at stake. You can fake your way into any job, but you can't fake your way into gifting and calling. You can't fake your way into that. At least not here. You understand what I'm saying? And we want you to fulfill your gift and calling. That's the other thing. Like, listen, we're not insecure. I think we've shown that. We want, listen, don't bother us not. Fulfill your gift and calling. But we do... We do a lot of things so we can do what we want to do, and we're not accountable. And, and I don't want to keep f- watching people fall because they're not covered. It doesn't mean that you, your, your gifting won't show you success, but eventually the adversary keeps dragging you out in that success further away from the accountability of God so he can snatch it from under you. Now you're going to be out there second-guessing yourself, depressed. You, you, you got people right now don't want to come back in the house because they're embarrassed. Embarrassed about what? You made mistakes like all the rest of us? Matter of fact, when you come back, that's a strength. Man, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. Around here, what are we going to do? Actually, we got so much going on. There's so many other things going on. I'm not saying it wasn't, you're not important, but people probably didn't even notice. And even if they did notice, it was, it was uh, interceding and praying for you, not t- stupid. And nobody's stupid. Somebody played you. Ain't your fault. Right? But, but so it's not if I can do what I want to do. Am I covered? The accountability covers us. There's folk out here starting their own ministries with no, God ain't covering that because God didn't send you. Doing your business, God didn't tell you to do that. You're just doing something so you ain't got to, you know how people say, I, I'm tired of answering the people. You're going to answer the people for the rest of your life. Do you understand that? And if you're not, you ain't covered. Does that make sense? Like we just can't do anything. I can't do anything. Right? So, so I, I just want to challenge us to, um, challenge ourselves to work, work towards being consistent and accountable, right? Not just freelancing and winging it, okay? That's all for today.